0: Give me a quick mic check. Mic check. Checking one, two, three.
1: Welcome to the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. On today's episode, we will be sharing the next edition of a segment called Conversations in Grace, in which members of our team here at GLF or friends of GLF have an unscripted conversation on important topics surrounding our new identity in Christ. We hope you enjoy it. Here's Jesse.
2: Welcome, everybody. This is Jesse Sampson, and I'm sitting here with our lead pastor of Grace Life Fellowship, Tim Chalice. How are you doing, Tim? Good, Jesse. How are you doing tonight? Good. Good to be here. Good, good. Tonight we're going to be talking about freedom from sin and what that looks like for the believer. Tim, how do we come to freedom from sin?
0: Well, that's a pretty broad question. I well, we want to start yeah. broad. No, that's that's great. <laughs> um, the the short answer is um, by the grace of God, right? Yes. <laughs> so so sin has been a tyrant for since, since the beginning, right? Since Adam and Eve decided to make a choice that God said not to. Sin has been a problem. And then he told Cain, Sin's crouching at your door, but you got to overcome it in Genesis 4 7. And the question becomes, how do we overcome sin? Um, Now, religion offers a false way. Religion says, if you can do enough good things and it can outweigh your bad things, then you overcome sin. And then -hmm. God will reward you for that. And we all, I hope we all know that religion is wrong, right? There is no (laughs) way for man to overcome sin. Um, apart from the finished work of Jesus Christ. So Jesus, the man, did it for us. In fact, Romans 6 is all about that, that Jesus accomplished for us what we could have never accomplished for ourselves and then gifted us with what he did. Right. So we are free from sin because of the finished work of Jesus.
2: Amen. So in Romans 6, it says, uh, Romans six twelve 12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Now, how do we do this? How do we overcome this?
0: So, so I, think, I think Romans 6.12 starts with therefore in yes. my version. So therefore, and anytime there's a therefore in Scripture, it, it usually helps us to go back and look what it's there for. So Romans 6.12, the therefore is therefore because of Romans 6.10, right? So 6.10 says that the death that Jesus died, he died to sin once for all, and the life that he lives, he lives to God. Right? Mm -hmm. So Jesus died a death to sin. Now we hear all the time in church that Jesus died for sins, right? He died for these acts of sins for all people. But we don't hear oftentimes what this verse is saying that Jesus died to sin, meaning what Jesus accomplished on the cross ended man's relationship to sin if we receive Jesus. He died a death to the power of sin so that we then could be free from it. And it says in verse 11, in the same way, you also consider yourselves, so this is the charge to the believer, to each one of us, children of God, consider ourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. Now, here's an interesting thing. Considering, or some versions say reckon or count, Um, considering, reckoning, or counting yourself dead to sin does not make you dead to sin. The reason Paul is saying that in verse 11 of chapter 6 in Romans is because we are dead to sin because Jesus accomplished it. That's what grace means. He accomplished something that we never could have, and then he gifted us with it for our benefit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So in the same way, in the same way that Jesus died to sin and now is alive to God, you consider yourself the same way. So the very first command in the whole book of Romans is chapter 6, verse 11. It's the first time Paul tells us what to do, and it is simply consider yourself dead to sin. Can you imagine how different our Christian walk would be if when sin rears its ugly head, and feels like it's overcoming us and it's dominating us. And we all know what temptation feels like. It, it it usually leads us to the idea, I just can't help this. It's so strong, whether it's addiction or or just your everyday, you know, blue-collar temptation. We seem to be powerless against it. It it's strong and it seems to overcome us. And who can defeat this? Well, Jesus did. He died to it. And then he gifted us with the very same thing. So that's why it says, consider yourself dead to it. Don't try to fight against it. Don't try to analyze around it. Don't try to reason with it. Reckon yourself dead to it because you are. You have no obligation and no relationship to sin. Now, you're dead to it. But it doesn't say sin is dead to you, right? Mm -hmm. That's why verse 12, Therefore. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body That you should obey, not your lusts. We talked last week about a new heart The new heart doesn't lust after sin The new heart lusts after the things of God So it's this lust of sin that's that's happening And it's deceiving us into thinking we want to do that And here's what Paul says Don't let that happen It is our choice whether sin reigns in our mortal body or not Doesn't it also say that uh, we've become
2: obedient from the heart in the same chapter. Yes, verse 17.
0: Yeah. We've become obedient from the heart. And then the, the passages in between there talk about, do you not know that you're going to become a slave to the one whom you obey? Mm-hmm. So so freedom in the Christian life, it, you know, a lot of times we, we want to herald this idea of freedom, and, and we are free because of Jesus Christ. But maybe we have a misguided concept on what true freedom is. I think sometimes we think tre- freedom is doing whatever I feel like. Um, that's not true freedom. That actually can lead to complete bondage, right, to addiction. True freedom for the human is the freedom to choose who we will obey, right? Right. Because the Bible says you're going to become a slave to whom you obey. We were created as dependent beings, and our choice is that we get to choose whom we obey. We get to choose the master we serve, either sin resulting in death or righteousness resulting in life. So, our freedom is that we have a choice and we can choose to trust God over and against however we're feeling or sin's lust at any given moment. Yeah. That's how free we are.
2: Yeah. That's great. Would you consider salvation? I think this is what this says. Would you consider salvation uh, the same as being, as freedom from sin? Um, There's two different things as far as. Being saved and being free from sin.
0: Yeah, I would say salvation certainly has to include being free from sin, right? But the goal in salvation is much greater than just being free from sin. It's being free to live, right? Jesus said in John mm-hmm. 10, I've come that you might... Have he didn't life. say be free from sin. Yeah, he said, right. I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly, abundantly not right. just... You know, a so-so life, oh, we'll make it by... No, I've come that you might experience life to the fullest. And that's this life. That's this life. That's in the here and now. Yeah, that's for right now, today, on planet Earth, where we live and and where we abide. Mm -hmm. And, And it just so happens that in order to experience life to the fullest... We have to know we are free from sin; yeah. otherwise, we're dragging along this dead thing called sin, and we're 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 uh, massaging it and we're we're petting it, and we're going, "How do I get rid of sin? How do I?" And and too many Christians are so sin conscious that they can never become Christ conscious if they if they don't change their mind about this, right? No. And and Hebrew says, "Let us fix our eyes not on our sin." I mean, how much how much preaching do we hear about our sin? Um, Jesus took our sin away. Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, right? The author and perfecter of our faith. So we should be fixing our eyes on our Savior, not our sin. Yeah. He took care of our sin. We need to have a Jesus consciousness, not a sin consciousness. We need to understand what God has done on our behalf. We need to understand the ways of grace that says, you are never going to be able to do this, but I, I accomplished it for you and gifted it to you. You are free from sin. Well, what about when it feels like sin is dominating me? What about when it feels like sin is tempting me or luring me or, or propositioning me? Well, don't let it rain in you. You have a choice now. You can go against how you're feeling at that moment. Go with what the truth is. Believe God by faith and walk in the freedom that he provides.
2: And having the resurrection power of Jesus in us. yes helps us do that, empowers us to It's the source, it, that, right? It's the
0: source, So in Romans 8, it says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now living in your yeah, mortal body, right. and it can actually express life through that mortality. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful picture of the resurrection power of Jesus over and against any power that sin had brought, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is greater. Yeah, He is greater, and he lives in us, so he's the source. Yeah. So I think in the past
2: I've always read... Freedom from sin as almost like a, a freedom from condemnation, which we know Romans 8 tells us that we're free from condemnation, yes. that there's no more condemnation for those who believe. But whenever we... I think I've always read it as, in the past, I read it as freedom from condemnation as in the the power of sin or sin's power over my life. Yeah. But there's a difference, right? Yes. Yeah, so, there's a difference between freedom from sin's power and then freedom from sin.
0: Yes, Yes, and so this, you know, um, Major Ian Thomas used to say that we have been saved from the penalty of sin, meaning the moment Jesus entered into our hearts, we were saved from the penalty of sin, and the penalty or the wage of sin is death, yes. right? We were saved from that. We, were, we have a new eternal life. Um, we are being saved presently, actively, from this, this power called sin, that, mm-hmm. that Paul teaches in Romans 7 is in the members of my body, and it wages war against me, right? So there's a battle going on within the believer, but it's not between the believer and God, which is what many people have thought, that there's this inner war like between us and God. No. Uh, we are on the same team as God. God is on our team. He is for us. There's a battle between the, the power of sin or the flesh and the spirit, Right um, this is God's battle, and he's already victorious over it we we then shall be saved one day in the future from the presence of sin that's the sweet by and by right so there's a there's a major Ian Thomas used to call it a threefold aspect to salvation and the word salvation literally means to be made whole right mm-hmm. and so when we think of condemnation this is the idea that when we when we sin um, The accusation goes beyond just the act of what we did. That would be guilt. The accusation goes to our identity. It goes to the core of who we are. So I do something like this that happens, and this happens for all of us all the time. We fail at something, and we say, let's say it's um, an algebra test. I fail at an algebra test. I go, oh, I, I failed. Well, that's that's guilt. What I did wasn't good. But we typically take it the next step and go, I'm such a failure. Well, that's more than guilt. That's condemnation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that, that identity. In, that's identity. That's identity. Yeah. That goes to shame and identity. Right. And so that Romans 8.1 says, look, in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. So here's the beautiful picture that God is painting for us. When we mess up, and we still do mess up as Christians, right? We are maturing in this walk, meaning we're not fully mature yet. So we're going to mess up sometimes. When that happens, God is never coming to us and saying, you should be better than that. You should be here already. Mm-hmm. God doesn't put the shoulds and should nots on us. He does tell us that we are righteous. He He doesn't tell us we should be better. He tells us how much better he has already made us. Right. And there's no condemnation in that. There's the hope of the next time mm-hmm. to walk in the freedom that he's already provided. So many Christians are being motivated falsely by guilt and shame and condemnation, and they think that that's one day going to lead them to more righteous living, when in fact those are the tools of the enemy and the flesh and the power of sin to keep us wallowing in the, the sin and the guilt and the shame, rather than moving forward in the freedom of and saying, thank you, God. There is no condemnation, even though I just messed up. Thank you that I'm still a righteous child of the King, and I can step forward by faith, grit my teeth, move forward, and go on. So we are dead to sin and alive to God. Amen. Amen. Just like Jesus did. Amen. Good news. Thanks, Tim.
1: Thank you. That does it for this week's conversation. We'll be back again next Friday with another edition of Conversations in Grace. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let us know by leaving us a rating or a review and consider donating at gracelifefellowship.org donate. We'll be back again next Tuesday as Pastor Frank continues his series on Galatians. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.